Hi, everybody. This is Sharon Fletcher. And today, Greg and I are going to be talking about money and what the Bible says about that and what God thinks about you having it. Welcome to the God's Best for Your Life podcast with Greg and Sharon Fletcher. Well, welcome, everybody. We're so glad that you're here with us. We hope that you're comfortable and you can sit back and really kind of give this your attention because today we're going to talk about something pretty important. We're going to talk about money. It's something everyone deals That's with. That's right. And, you know, a lot of times people have the wrong idea about money and or or they don't understand, let's say, what the, what the Bible says about money. And so obviously we're going to talk about that today and hopefully shed some light on it, maybe give you some revelation, at least to give you something to think about. Yeah, I'd love for you to walk away feeling more free and more empowered to do what God's called you to do. Yeah. So the title of this podcast is going to be, uh, have to do with authority and provision. And so even though we may not necessarily talk directly about money all the time, it's mostly wrapped around those two concepts of authority and provision. So because we believe that that has a lot to do with the resources that come to you because it has to do with your authority in Christ and the provision of God. So let's start out with talking about what is wealth. Yeah. So I looked it up, you know, being smart and all, we went to the dictionary. Mm -hmm. And uh, here's a couple of definitions that we came up with. An abundance of valuable material, possessions, or resources, riches, or affluence. Mm, That seems right. That seems factually right on. Right. There's another definition is the tangible ability to affect change on the earth. Mm, that's interesting. So meaning like because you have wealth, you can do things. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, it goes along with um, having the power to, to affect change. Yeah. Because like if you wanted new landscaping around your house, money would make that happen. You wouldn't necessarily have to haul dirt and, exactly. and rocks to yeah. make it work. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which goes into the third definition, which is a physical representation of work done. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, because you know they first started out with using, with with using uh, coin, special coins or mm-hmm. special rocks or something as money, um, for an exchange for work yeah. being done. All right, you know, like a barter system kind it. of thing. Yeah, yeah, I will give you this if you'll do. Yeah, that. yeah. Right. So it started off like that. So that's what, kind of what the world, how the world sees wealth, and we can see that you know people store up their their work by storing money. Mm -hmm. They invest their work by investing in the stock market and letting their money work, quote unquote, work for them. You know, so that's kind of how the world and how society and culture look at money and provision and wealth. So let's look a little bit about what does God say about wealth? In uh, Genesis 2, 10 through 12, it's, there's, you know, there's, it's the story of the creation and we've got uh, the story of that that God creating the light and the, and the darkness and the sun and the moon, and He goes into the land animals and He goes into the the trees and all that stuff in order, not not the order that I'm expressing it, but it's all yeah. in there. But then He takes stops. Like it's really interesting how this just jumped out at me. Genesis two uh, verses ten through twelve says, "Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from it." Uh, from there, it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the P- Pishon. It flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. The, the Delium and the Onyx stone are there. So God went out of his way to mention that there were gold and precious stones 
in this uh, in this land and that they were good. And so the, it's really interesting because nobody had yet decided that those were valuable. Right. And so even God was talking about, hey, there are things that are more valuable than others already. Yeah. He yeah, and because, probably because of their rarity, mm-hmm. you know. And he said that those things were good. So when so God created wealth. Yeah. So wealth in the is earth. necessarily good. Yeah. yeah. It's not necessarily evil or good yeah. it's it can be perverted which mm-hmm. is what happened with Almost, sin yeah with everything in the world right mm-hmm. right so that's the, that's one of the that's one of the first scripture references of anything of value that that we would consider yeah, valuable a, today it's very interesting isn't that interesting i always, I always thought it was interesting uh, another scripture that i want to mention is uh proverbs thirteen twenty two. you want to mention read that one yeah it says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. You've probably heard this one a lot. I know Sharon and I use this one a lot when we're when we're talking, especially prophetically, when we're talking about things that God wants to do. But it really kind of speaks that you know that God wants us to manage wealth honorably. You know, to take good care, be good stewards of 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 the wealth that He gives to us. Mm, I think the good verb that you used there was manage, mm. because that that um that shows intent. It's not like, and, and it kind of shows that because of the fall, it doesn't naturally just happen. Well, and yeah, and you, and you have to apply thought and, and motive and a few things to it, or otherwise, you know, it's wealth's kind of like a bird. It'll fly out of your hand if mm-hmm. you're not careful. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and it, it goes back into that purposeful wisdom mm-hmm. using that mm-hmm. to manage the wealth that God yeah. gives you. Another scripture here that we're going to talk about, um, God gives us power to create wealth. So he created wealth that was in the earth, but then he also gave Adam and Eve and all of us as as children of God and and as people uh, the power to create wealth. It says in Deuteronomy 8.18, he says, uh, but you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you the power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. So he was giving them the ability and the understanding to make wealth. So that I think that we need to, to, if we've been told that filthy lucre and, and, and well, that wealth is evil. Yes. If you've been told that wealth in itself is evil mm-hmm. and you should just avoid it at all times. Um, we've shown you a couple of scriptures yeah, I, here. I think we've made a pretty good case that it isn't. No, that, that well, straight, first of all, that God created well, it straight out of the word, right? I mean, God, <laughs> God called wealth good. Yeah, he yeah. did. And, and he's saying, look, it's, and we're going to go into why it can be a bad thing. Well, yeah, everything can be a bad thing. Exactly, you exactly. Mm-hmm. But but God's plan was that he would use it to confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day, he said. So he wants to provide for us through wealth. He wants to uh, confirm his faithfulness to us through those through those avenues as well. So um, that's something that we also need to keep in mind when we're thinking about the responsibility. Yeah, well, I mean, and kind of, we're, I know we know where we're going with with a lot of this, but the Sharon's kind of getting to the point of that wealth in itself isn't bad; it's what we do with it, right? And mm-hmm. so God knew that, and and he he later in the in the scriptures talks to us about wealth and how we and how our relationship with it and Him kind of come into being, and so you know he can he can use wealth as a test. Mm. towards to see where our heart is right yeah it's good so matthew 19 20 uh, 19 20 through 22 says the young man said to him he's talking to jesus all these things i have kept what i what am i still lacking jesus said to him if you wish to be complete 
Go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he had owned much property. And so that shows you right there that he was confronted. I mean, he had Jesus right in front of him. He was obviously very much attracted to Jesus and wanted to know. He had come to him and said, what must I do, right? And and Jesus challenged him. Jesus knew his heart and and challenged him to uh, to walk away from the thing that held him back. And uh, it doesn't look like he did. It's, it looks like he failed. Well, yeah. I mean, ho- ho- we hope that later on he came to yeah, his senses. He, yeah, maybe that would be nice. That'd be a nice thought, right? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he goes, you know, I'm going to go back and yeah, do what let me he told do a me. do-over. We don't see anything else in Scripture that reflects that. But, you know, maybe so, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things that Scripture doesn't say. But, well, I think it's another interesting thing is whenever he first came to Jesus, he, the first part that we didn't talk, mention here, but the first question was, what do I do to be righteous or mm-hmm. what, what do I do? And Jesus said, well, what, is it, what does the law say? What does it read, how does it read to you? And he yeah. said, well, I, I've, I've kept all the laws that, since my youth. Yeah. And then that's when Jesus, that's where he says the, all these things I've kept. So he was, he was, he was keeping the law. Yeah. He was doing all of the outward expressions. Mm-hmm. But Jesus was kind of saying, look... That's not it. He saw he saw where he wasn't. Yeah, doing he saw so his well. heart. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, well, let's see where your heart is. Well, and a lot of times wealth can be a security blanket for people. Mm-hmm. That's and, good. And I would call it like a, a natural security blanket. And what sure. I mean by that is it's not it 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 being a natural security blanket as opposed to a supernatural security security blanket. Yeah. Right. And so uh, this is probably what happened with this young man is that he put his faith and trust in the wealth that he had. Mm-hmm. And Jesus knew that if you were going to follow him, you can't have anything like that uh, between you mm. and Jesus, uh, between you and God. Uh, it has to be removed in order for you to have the relationship that God wants with us. And that goes right into this next mm-hmm. scripture because yeah. um, uh, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters for yeah. either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So, so especially if we go back and we think about like one of the definitions that we gave, like the ability to affect change in the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have the ability to go off and just kind of be your own God because you Ooh. have lots of money, that's not going to go over well with Jesus. That's not <laughs> going to help support your relationship no, with God either. And, and God won't be able to get behind that. He won't be able to, he will not be all right with that. He won't now, bless it. That doesn't mean you have to give everything away, like Jesus was saying to that young man. Jesus was specifically testing him because he needed to come to grips with where his heart was. Mm-hmm. It is not saying that God only wants us to be poor. Mm-mm. No, that's not what it's saying. So it, it's, it's very difficult for you to uh, do what God wants you in this life when you don't have any money, right? It's just not the way it is. He just doesn't want money to have us. Yeah. So we can see through some of these scriptures that God put wealth on the earth to establish God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and God's will to tool. be done. It's, it's a tool. A tool. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking to the Lord one time about that Matthew six twenty four, which we just mentioned about, it says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And I was talking to the Lord about that because um, I was really concerned about it. I mean, at the, I didn't believe at the time I was in the college, so it's not like I was really rich or anything. <laughs> so it wasn't like a real temptation <laughs> that I was worried or anything. But I was I was just praying about it, going, God, how can I 
because I knew that at some point I would probably have more money than I did as a poor college student. How can I keep from um, worshiping money instead of worshiping you? And he said, so he directed me to go back to that. And he said, look what it says. It says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. He said, you don't have to hate money. Just love me. And then you will despise money for what it is. You'll see it for what it is. I was always really surprised that he used the word despise there. Yeah. And um, because despise is a pretty strong word. It, 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 and you think mm-hmm. about it, it, it says that if you love money, you'll despise God or vice versa, right? And so I could see a lot of people going, well, no, I, I, I don't think I could ever despise God. But you could still have a problem with being too attached to money or your own ability to meet your own needs. Mm-hmm. Or the that, comfort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That money can provide That's you. That's true. It, it can do that. <laughs> But I, I was, I, it set me free to realize that as long as I loved the Lord, that I wasn't going to love money. Because he just said that there, you can't do both. So really, I don't have to worry about hating money. I just have to love the Lord. Now notice it doesn't say to learn how to live with less. No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't even talk about Mm-mm. that. No, it doesn't say that you have to learn how to live without money. It says you just have to learn how to love Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wealth cannot be allowed to rule over the Christian is what we can see from that. So all these things must be our slave then. So our treasure must be in heaven and earthly wealth cannot be our goal. Accumulating wealth on this earth cannot be our goal. As as a means. Yes, it is a means Mm -hmm. to an end. Obviously we have jobs that we have to to, to work. Sure, and you have to pay your bills. And I get that. I mean, the Bible says if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. And it says you should work so that you can have to give. Yes. There's a lot of scriptures that talk about Mm -hmm. working and doing. God doesn't want you to be idle. But but it's it's not saying, it it says, yeah, don't store up in heaven, right? I mean, don't store up in the earth, Mm -hmm. store up in heaven. And so he's trying to set our values in place. Yeah, I think I think that's the point. I mean, this whole all of this that we've mentioned so far really has more to do with the heart mm-hmm. than your bank account. Yeah. You know what and Greg and I were talking about this earlier that you know, there was time there were times when we were much poorer than we are now. Yeah. And we felt like we were rich because we had maybe a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or, or if I got like a bonus at work or yeah, something. That was like, like, two, like two or three hundred dollars. I was like, wow, man, look at all this. You I know, know, I know. And you know, and granted that it, We felt rich. Yeah, and now that I've you know, continue to progress in my, in my, in my career and in my, in my salaries and stuff, you know, it never ends. The, 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 the bar keeps just getting pushed a little bit higher, a little yeah. bit higher, a little bit yeah. higher. You're never sitting around going, wow, look at all this extra stuff I got. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's it's we just kind of get used to it mm-hmm. kind of start taking it for granted. <laughs> so we can, we do need to be thankful. So, but um, I want to, I want to propose the idea that instead of serving money that we should be, requiring money to serve us. And that means that we need to tell it what to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was listening to, um, a Dave Ramsey podcast not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And he, that was one of the tips that he gave out. He says, you got to tell your money what to do every, he says that one technique that he recommends is what's called the zero. You zero out every month or every paycheck. In other words, you go ahead and make a budget and you decide where every dollar goes and your goal is to get to zero every month. Now, maybe you, you, part of that would be 
that you put aside money for savings, mm-hmm. but, or but investing. The, but or the whatever. principle was is that you're actively engaged and you're telling your finances what to do. Yeah. No, I think that's that's good, and I, and I think that's part of that's part of honoring God with mm-hmm. your finances. And we talked about that the that the righteous man um, leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That means he's he's he does well with his finances. He makes it do what he tells it to do. He does things on purpose. On purpose, that's right? right? You know, we can't just skate through life and expect to come up with with the the, the wisdom and the and the blessings that God wants for us in full just by being lazy. Yeah. That's not it doesn't work that way. All right. So I remember there's something that Greg and I have said numerous times. You may have heard us say this before, but we just talk about stuff as dirt with rocks in it. Yeah. You know, and the Lord gave us a vision. Um, you mean like material things? Yeah, material things mm-hmm. like cars or mm-hmm. houses or everything's just dirt with rocks. It's just in it. dirt with rocks in it. And honestly, as a as a scientist, uh, that for me it breaks it down into its molecular level. Everything is just yeah. dirt with rocks in it. It's paper. Yes. Yeah. Even Coin, jewelry. Coins. Jewelry is just rocks. Yeah. <laughs> your, your your house is nothing but dirt with rocks. She. In it. They literally call it sheetrock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just dirt with rocks mm-hmm. in it. We we love that. We love to um, live in homes, and we yeah. love having air conditioning. Being and those warm are, and cold. Yes. Yep. <laughs> having electricity is is a blessing. Hallelujah. But it's not what's really valuable. No. In one day, it will all burn. One, and we can't get upset mm-hmm. when something happens. Yeah. One day, it will all go away. Yep. Absolutely. So if you can, um, and if you can somehow use dirt and rocks that, that you've accumulated to purchase the true wealth of heaven, mm-hmm. of faith in Christ for you, for you or for, for others, the souls of others, then you're really going to be um, making a good trade. Yeah. So how, what are some practical ways that people can do that? Well, I think part part of it is giving toward uh, areas that the Lord leads you to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll be talking to somebody and, they're, and they'll, they'll share a need with you and the Lord will kind of flutter your heart. It's like yeah. a little flutter in your, your belly. Said, hey, you've got an extra 50 bucks. Yeah. Why don't you help them out? Yeah, Buy lot, them some groceries. I have found that a lot of times that God will give you that resource before you're, it's mm. time for you to give it, mm-hmm. and you won't know why you have it. That's so true. And, and it won't be something that you want to keep. Like your your desire will be to give it away. You just won't know where, and so you'll you'll the 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 mystery or the fun of it is like God. Where where does this where does this go? Yeah, because the scripture tells us that He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And That's I've good. always loved that scripture because it it, it really kind of helps you draw the line between what God gives you for you to consume mm-hmm. and what God gives you to sow into the lives of others. Mm. It's a very very important. I have a great illustration of the of example of that exact mm-hmm. thing. Um, there was a specific toy that I wanted for one of my younger sons. It was a Discovery Toys toy that they didn't make anymore, and I really loved it for my older kids. So I said, oh, I want to buy one of those. So I found it on eBay, but I couldn't find just that toy. I found it in a lot with a couple of other toys, and it wasn't expensive. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to buy it. I don't know what I'll do with the other things, but maybe, maybe, maybe the babies will like that too. So I bought it and I, and I, I got it home and I was so happy and, and everything. And I had it sitting out and a friend of mine comes over and she was like, oh, where did you get that? I've been looking for one of those. It wasn't the toy that I wanted, but yeah, one of the other one ones. One of the extra ones? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she goes, where, I've been looking for something like that for my son who struggles with autism. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly, it was a little rain stick toy that looked like the little balls that went through. And, and my kids didn't really get into it. They were like, meh, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. But they liked the, the toy that I thought they would. But this other one, I was like, oh, that was for you. 
And she was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to take your stuff. I was like, no, listen, God gave that to me to give to you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I knew it wasn't mine. Yeah. You know, and that, and, and as long as you're willing to let go of things and you're going to let God use you to, to get things to other people, to he a, will. To be a conduit. Yes. Mm-hmm. He wants you to be a pipe, which means yeah. you're open at both ends. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta let things go through. Yeah. And you, and you can't be worried about letting things go through your hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it's just dirt. And that, that, that really helps us. The, the, the mental image of dirt with rocks in it. Keeps it. you from being um, selfish. Yeah. It, it keeps you from holding on to it. It's just dirt with rocks in it. Yeah. You know, so that's that's how that kind of works. And and sometimes it's a car. Sometimes it's, you know, it's finances. Sometimes it's time. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's a coat. Sometimes it's shoes. I mean, just whatever it is. And and when the Lord lays it on your heart, and, and I'll bet some of you know exactly what that one thing is that Lord has laid on your heart to share with someone, do it. Do it. I guarantee you it'll be a blessing to them and it'll bless you even more. So obviously, you know, that that's a very special place to be able to get to that, you know, where you're just not worried about it and you're letting things flow through your hands oh, like yeah. we talked about. Yeah. But what what happens when you struggle with that or, or or when let's say you're 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 less inclined to let things flow, right? You're Maybe you're like, yeah, I think I need to hold on to that, or, or, or it doesn't occur to you to that some things that come to you are not for you; they're not there to give to others, right? And, you, and so you're like, well, you start kind of, I don't want to use the word hoard, but you, you, for lack of a better term, you're holding on to things, and maybe you should be letting it go. Well, I think that that's a sign of two things. One of those is fear, because if you're concerned that God's not going to meet your needs you're not going to let go of what you do have. So it's a faith issue. That is one. That is one thing. Mm-hmm. And another thing is what we were talking about, the love of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes uh, if we if we don't understand that these are just dirt with rocks in it, if we start putting too much emphasis on our stuff, on um, our jewelry, on our cars, on our, our appearance, mm-hmm. how we look to other people, that's going to make it harder for us to give those things away. Mm-hmm. So both of those, can, if, if there are things, if there's anything that you own that you wouldn't be willing to give away, that that should be a prayer point and yeah. a prayer point, a point that you go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't think I've got a balanced attitude towards this. So that would be a really good exercise is to kind of walk around yeah, and look at the stuff you have and really kind of ask yourself, could I give that away? If somebody came to my front door today, could I give that away and celebrate if there was a need if for I, that. Yeah. yeah. If I, could I give it away if God directed me to do so? Yeah. Obedience is a part of this as well. You yeah. Can, you can give under compulsion and that doesn't always. And good, God does not want yeah, that either. We'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about that here in a second. But, <laughs> but so if you were to walk around and kind of look and, and, and just kind of look around and see if anything kind of tinges your heart a little bit, you know, where if you go, no, I probably couldn't do that. Then you need to pray about that. Now it, we're not saying you have to give everything away, No. but we, we, what we're trying to do is help you kind of do an audit of your heart and see how you are feeling about the things that you have, because you don't want those things to have you and keep you from, from what God wants to do in your life. Yeah, that's right. God doesn't mind you having anything, but he doesn't want those things to have your heart. Now, the the first Timothy six ten is a very interesting scripture, and a lot of people have used this, but they they use it out of context or they get it wrong. And it says, "For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, 
and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Mm -hmm. You know, the first part of that one where people, you know, that they say money is the root of all evil, but it's not that way. And it's, it's just the, the love, the love of money. And yeah. again, so if we go back and we're looking at those definitions that we covered at the beginning, where we talk about what money really is, because I mean, it's just dirt with even money is just dirt with rocks in it, right? It's just yeah. paper and metal yeah. and right. It's just paper and exactly. Ink. And so money itself doesn't. It's what it represents and what it does for you, right? And so that really cuts straight to the chase of what our relationship with God is really all about. It's mm, good. It's all our relationship with God is about security. Our relationship with God is about provision. You know, our relationship with God is about our heaven and, and about our home in heaven and and then uh, bringing his kingdom to pass in this place, in this earth, while we're still here. Yeah. And so money, what, what, what it's basically saying is money will jump between you Ooh. and God. It'll it'll jump between you and be a poor substitute mm -hmm. for, for what he wants to do in your life. And I want you to remember, too, that scripture, I think it's in Matthew, where where Jesus says, if, if, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, you know, how much more will your heavenly father give what is good to, to those who ask him? And he says, if you ask him for a fish, he won't give you a, what was it, a rock? If, if you ask him for an egg, he won't give you a scorpion. If you ask him for a fish or, or something, he won't give you a snake. So if you ask him for something, but he knows that that's going to turn around and bite you, he, he won't give it to you. So, I mean, I think you, if, if you've been praying for something that's really been, you believe it's a desire in your heart and you're not getting it, take that desire to the Lord. Because he may be saying, look, what you want isn't what's good for you. You know, if it's going to step in between you and the Lord, he's not going to let you, he's not going to, he's not going to facilitate you getting that. Now you may get it on your own, but what you'll find out is it's empty and it doesn't satisfy your heart like you thought it would. All right, so we've talked a little bit about wealth, and we've talked about provision and, and God's heart for you. And I do want to reiterate that that um, that provision is from the Lord, and and one of His names is is Jehovah Jireh, which is the Lord is my provider. You know, so He wants to provide for all of our needs. It says, um, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not even want." That means I, I'm not in lack in any area of my life. You know, even the definition of peace, shalom is full of provision, mm -hmm. you know, for every area, emotional, physical, mental, you know, spiritual, every, every kind of healing and wholeness that we could ever want is, is found in God, in Christ. But um, an, an amazing thing ha happened when Jesus walked on the earth. He walked in provision because uh, he walked in authority. Yeah, you never see anywhere where Jesus goes, well... I guess we don't got what we need. So <laughs> yeah, when he went to the let's just go home. Yeah, when he went to the wilderness to fast for forty days, it wasn't yeah. because he lost a job or no. something. He, he didn't have the food. He did, it, he did it on purpose. Yeah, he did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So because Jesus had all authority, he walked in that perpetual provision. Mm -hmm. I mean, he saw coins and the mouths of fish. He saw a lunchbox multiplied to meet, to feed 5,000, 10,000, you know. So when you say authority, 
can you can you unravel that a little bit as far as like what when you when you talk about the the term authority when you say Jesus had authority what authority was did he have well um matthew twenty eight eighteen after he was risen from the dead he said uh he, he says it says and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth so God bestowed authority on Jesus yeah and, well he had it yeah yeah and and so he walked in that authority yeah and I, I know that there was another scripture where it talked about that uh, people were amazed to, to hear him teaching speak as one as having one having authority, authority yeah. yeah that's right even that's... they recognized it yeah and so basically what authority means is um power and influence over to control mm-hmm. something yeah. you know to have and to have the rightful control yeah because sometimes people have tried to take authority when well, they don't have it. Yeah, I mean, so if you've ever been pulled over by a police officer, I'm sure none of you out there have been pulled over by no, a police officer. No, no, no. <laughs> us, us imperfect people have uh, had those Maybe. moments. Have had those moments. <laughs> and, you know, and they come up to the car and they ask for your driver's license. They have the authority to pull you over and to ask you mm-hmm. for your driver's license. And so... And to take uh, you to jail yeah, if they need exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's good to good to cooperate and yes. to show them your driver's license. So, Side note, please cooperate with so your... They're, but, but even though the they're just normal people, they've they've had the authority bestowed upon them by the state. Yeah. And so they, they walk and flow in that and act like it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when Jesus was here, he walked in. It says all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. Wow. So not only did he have authority on earth, he had heaven's authority yeah. behind him too. So he was pretty much covered. He had it all. He was never lacking. Yes. There was no jurisdiction in which he could not function. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he could pull anybody over in heaven. That's right. Or on, on earth. And then there's an uh, what what's amazing to me that we we don't really celebrate and and really think about as much is that that authority was given to his body. And I want to I want you to take a, a minute and look at Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 if you have your Bible handy and you're not driving, don't 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 wreck. And uh, Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 says, and he put all things in a subjection under his feet. So God being the first he here, and God put all things in subjection under Jesus's feet and gave Jesus as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I love that scripture because it, it really talks about the 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 gift of the, the transmission of authority because G- Jesus you ascended back to heaven mm-hmm. and then, but he, but in the process, he has given the authority that he walked in to the church and he's yes. not come up a particular church. He's talking about us, all the of body us, of believers, the body of Christ, the, the church of God here on, on the earth. So, and I, I just see that being something that a lot of people and specifically a lot of churches, actual churches don't contemplate. They, they don't understand that the authority that he walked in, the authority uh, that, gave him the ability to heal people. The authority that, that gave him the ability to provide has uh, been transferred to to the church, to us. Mm-hmm. And, and he expects us to use it. He does. And when we don't, it, it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of like if you gave somebody $100, but they walked around like they didn't have any money. Yeah. You know, and you're like, they're starving. And they're, uh, and, and, and they're, they're, but all they have, they, but I just yeah. have this piece of but paper. But I just have this piece of paper, you know. <laughs> I can't yeah. eat the paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be, that would be sad because yeah. you didn't, you wouldn't understand what that paper represents. Well, and a lot of people, they're just trying to be humble, right? They don't, they don't want to contemplate, you know, I mean, th- there's that other scripture that talks about that Jesus said that, that the, uh, the thought of being equivalent with God was not something to be grasped. So I get it, but 
obviously God wants us to understand that he, he has given us the authority or else he wouldn't have put this in there. Well, he doesn't want us to grasp at it because it's given to us yeah. in Christ. It's not something we have to work We don't for. earn it. We mm-hmm. can't grasp it. No. We can't. I mean, it's physically impossible. Well, I think they would just come at it from a, like, a humility perspective. You know? Sure. Don't, don't get all weird. Sure. So the 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 next thing was that they, what we were wanting to talk about is this kind of thing has been settled in heaven. You know, meaning like that it's okay with God, right? It was his idea. It's his idea you know, <laughs> that, that the authority and provision, the whole concept came from him in the first place. Hmm. It's not just some, it's not us being selfish that, that we want to walk in authority or the provision that he wants to provide for us. That's not uh, the same as lusting after riches. It's not the same. Well, something that I know Greg and I talk about numerous times is that you can't help anybody if you don't have anything. Yeah. You know, so, and I think you mentioned that scripture that says that we should work with our hands so that we may have to give. Mm -hmm. So not only for our own needs, but also to be able to be a blessing to other people. And and that's that's the vision of God of of trying to to bring his kingdom into this earth. So when you see a need and and you believe the lord wants you to meet it you have the ability to do so you know let's talk about that for just a minute how can you tell if if the needs that come to you are something that you're supposed to do something that's about it's a, a really good question cuz i've 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 unfortunately uh, partaken of both kinds right? sure there have been times where a need came to me and i i met it but i i can't say that i was supposed to but i didn't figure that out until after it was over how how did you figure that out? Well, uh, either either it, it didn't work, right? Like either the the amount or or the money or the item that that I gave didn't accomplish what it was supposed to, or maybe it 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 didn't end up solving the problem, you know, like that that the person needed, um, or they didn't appreciate it, which is a whole nother ball of wax, you know, and having to learn how to do that, but. You know, and then there's there are the times when it does, you know, and and there's peace, and and so being learning how to be led by the Spirit is is a a, a great skill that every believer needs to invest in, and so I would say that you're going to have to learn how to pray and listen, uh, and do it quickly. Sometimes there's a lot of times where a need will come upon you, and uh, you'll you'll either you'll be out and about or you'll be talking to someone, and and they'll come forward, they'll be honest or reveal that there's a need. And, uh, and you have to be led. There'll be times where God will say, nope, nope, I'm doing something with them. Because there's a lot of times where God will allow somebody to go through uh, um, seasons of, of less. Leanness. Le- yeah. yeah, leanness. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, because he's working on their character. And he's working on their faith. And if you, uh, jump, and their commitment. If you jump in there and, and just start throwing resources around, uh, it slows them down on their, on, mm. their, on their process. And it doesn't necessarily help you because, again, we, we don't want to waste what God gives us. We want to be very purposeful with it. Well, it's kind of like the story of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. You know, we, Greg and I have used this many times in teachings, but um, it, it, let's say you had come upon the prodigal son as he was in with the, the pigs. At his lowest. At his lowest, right before he's about to repent. If you had said, hey, I'm, I'm, let me take you out of there. I'll go put you some, well, yeah. we'll go buy you some clothes. I'll get yeah, you some food. You and then, then what would have happened? Yeah. I mean, and you got to think about that. Like, so let's say you pull up to an intersection and there's somebody there, you know, with a piece of cardboard saying God bless. And you know, they're taking handouts. 
you have to listen. Am I supposed to help this person? Am I yeah, supposed to? You have, you to, have to. It, you, you have to do that because you don't want to. You don't want to slow down what God's doing in someone's life. Yeah. You know, and and I know that that goes against a lot of religious teaching, but it's more important. A more important religious teaching is is learning to obey the Lord, learning to obey the Holy Spirit, and working with Him in your relationship is infinitely more valuable. It'll cover a, a, a more topics than just money. Yeah. It'll cover relationships and your health and and the supernatural and uh, dealing with the enemy and your job and your relatives and your children and all and on and on and on. <laughs> Pretty and much on everything in your life. <laughs> exactly. So I, I would say that is infinitely more important than um, just money. So, but. But we do want you to, to know that you, God's very much interested in having that kind of a relationship with oh, yeah. you as well. You yeah. know? Again, that's why he said he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Those are two different things. You know, if you put bread in the ground, it rots. And if you uh, put seed in a bowl and try to eat it, it's a horrible meal. So well, you, I mean, it's it, a pretty small meal. <laughs> yeah, it's not good eats. So you've got you to gotta really contemplate that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a that's a great teaching. So I want to read I want to read the scripture and go back to the settled in heaven part because um Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 is a, is really great scripture about this. It says, But God being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That's a lot. It is. Mm -hmm. And I looked up what that meant on when it says, so that in the ages to, to come, because whenever I read that, I automatically think, well, this means after I die. And the, the great by and by. And the great by and by. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that. In mm -hmm. the original, it means this season and every season after. Mm. So it's, it's like from now yeah. forward. So now I want you to listen to that thinking that all these things are for you now and for the rest of your life. So God was rich in mercy towards you because he loves you so much. And even when you were dead in your transgressions, he made you alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised you up with him and seated you with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he seated you up with himself, mm -hmm. God himself in Christ Jesus, so that he could show you the he, surpassing riches. He's got your picture in his wallet. Yeah, well, he's got you sitting right next to him yep. as far as he's yep. concerned. And that he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward you in Christ Jesus right now, starting right now. So the, those surpassing riches of his grace and kindness, those are for you here now. Mm -hmm. It's even better than Christmas. You know, I mean, he that's how that's how much he loves you. That's how much he wants to do for you. That's what's what he's already decided. And if you meditate on that, it's really going to, it's going to build your faith. Yeah. It and, really will. And, and provision, you're going to be like, well, of course God's going to provide yeah, I'm me. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. He loves me. Exactly. He, he, he didn't spare Jesus. Why would he spare anything? He doesn't yeah. spare anything from you. Anything good. So as we build our faith, then that changes how we approach things, right? Mm -hmm. It does. It, ex it, it changes how we talk. Mm -hmm. it changes what our words are. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 14 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Hmm. 
So we go back to that authority that we have that's been given to us in Christ and the great love that God has for us and all that working together, he starts to speak to our hearts. You know, as you start receiving and understanding and believing that God loves you so much and that he wants to meet your needs and he, he not only wants to meet your needs for today, but he wants to give you purpose. He's created you in Christ Jesus for good works. So he wants you to discover what those are. He wants you to walk in the fullness of those. He wants you to walk in the fullness of the character of God here on the earth. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, and when that happens, the Holy Spirit starts to speak to your heart and then you start to say those things out of your mouth. And that they, they, they many times don't agree with what, with what's going on around you. Yeah. Well, it, it says in there, you know, things not taught by human wisdom. Mm. Yeah. There, that there's so many times where God has asked us to do things that didn't make any sense mm-hmm. at all. And giving is one of those things. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and, and, and the reason being is we're taught to hold on to everything that comes yes. to us. You know? Penny saved is a penny earned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of the the idea that God wants you to be a conduit yes. of blessing. Imagine if Jesus had just held on to everything he had when oh, he was here. How how pathetic would our lives be? We, well, we would have never gotten what we what we got. You know? yeah. He chose to, to be a conduit of blessing yeah. onto our lives. And so that's really kind of the point. That's the point of this whole this whole episode here is really just to help you understand that God is setting the example for us to be a blessing. It's to it's to hold money loosely. Yeah. And to trust him and then to be obedient. And there's, there's, and I I want to make the point that there's so much more at stake than just your comfort. There's so much more at stake with you walking in the provision that God has for you for other people. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how selfish do we have to be to keep what the Lord gives to us to ourselves and think, well, I don't need any more. I'm not going to pray for any more. What about all the ministries that need help? Yes. What about all the people that, that you know that could use a blessing? Yes. You know, uh, that's why we're here. You know, we have to be open to God using us in in big ways to be a blessing to our neighbors, to be a blessing to our church, to be a blessing to other ministries. So obviously, you know, being wise with your money, not spending it on things that you shouldn't do that. I mean, there's lots of ways that you can set aside money, that kind of thing. But what are some supernatural things that we can do to kind of affect that? Well, I think, you know, what, what, what we're saying, yeah. you know, we, um, Greg and I, um, we, we've learned many years ago about faith and how walking in faith means that your mouth has to agree with what the word of God says. Mm. And, and when you're blessing your finances with your mouth, I can't tell you how many times we would take our checkbook and we would just start speaking blessings over it. Yeah. I mean, Greg reminded me the other day, we used to go... <laughs> I hope none of you guys are going to bank, but we used to go to the ATM and take out like a stack of the d- deposit envelopes yeah. and we would talk to those deposit envelopes oh, so you'd be filled right now. <laughs> and, and God, we just thank you that these are filled in Jesus name mm-hmm. and that we thank you that our bank book is filled and it meets all of our needs and we're able to be a blessing to others. And we just, that's how we started out, you know, and then we would be obedient with our tithes. We would be obedient with our offerings, whatever the Lord um, had had pressed on our hearts to give, we we would do it, and and like Greg said, sometimes it wasn't the Lord, but we felt like, oh, you know what, I I want to help, I want to be yeah. a blessing, you know. But and and we found out that that wasn't oh, out of obedience. We we just gave it to the Lord. We said, well, yeah. Lord, you just take that and use it however you can use yeah, it. Yeah, there were so many times where maybe somebody 
took something of ours mm. you know, or we lost it. And so we would dedicate it. We would just say, all right, I'm not going to worry about that thing that yeah. I lost or got stolen. I, instead, I would give it. I would, I would, in mm. other words, the, the enemy would, would say, I, it got stolen from you. You should feel bad about it. Like, no, I choose to, I give it right now as though I gave it to that person. Yeah. And Lord, we just ask you just use it in their life. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then it, it goes from a curse to a blessing yes, exactly. to them. Exactly. You know, because you've released it. You forgive them for what they stole from you. And you turn it around and say, and God use that in their life to be a blessing to them. Because that's what the Bible says that we're called to do is to call to be a blessing. So we bless and we curse not because that's what we're called to, to do and who, and who we are. And when you do that, it just turns, it turns the spiritual atmosphere around from from the devil's winning to God's winning, you, you know, it goes from victim to victor. Yes, exactly. Really the Bible quick. says to oh, we overcome evil with good. Yeah. That's 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 what that means specifically when it concerns money. It's to use your money to be a blessing on purpose. I mean, even if it's a quarter. I mean, I, I remember there was um, I can't tell you how many times I, I've just I've, I didn't have anything. You know, I I would have I gave away my. I gave away my high school class ring one time in an offering plate because that's all that I had. Yeah. You know, I, I give away my favorite pair of shoes. I thought, you know, nobody else wants these, but God sees my heart. Yeah. So I'm going to give these away because there's the nicest things that I have that mean the most to me. Yeah. And I'm going to give that to you. And that was something that David said that resonated with me was um, he was going to go offer something to the Lord, uh, give, give an offering or build it. I think build the temple. Was that it? He was building the temple, and he was so he was gathering finances to be able to buy the land for the temple. And the gentleman that owned the land that God said to you said, "Oh no, you could have it." And David's response was, "No, no, by no means will I give something to the Lord that costs me nothing, because he saw his his offering as uh, worship to the Lord, and the fact that it cost him something meant something to him, and he knew that that heart." That heart of, of being of willingness to give whatever he had for the Lord meant something to the Lord. And it does. Even if it's, you know, something that you don't even, uh, if, whatever you have, every single one of us has something we can give to the Lord. So, and, and out of obedience, it will absolutely come back to you in spades. So we're talking about applying our faith implying, and, and, and that diligence, that, that purposeful mindset. And, you know, one of the things that you can do that just to kind of finish up here is that you can expect, we want you to expect that, that when you do these things on purpose that we're talking about, that you can, you can expect the circumstances to follow it. That's so important that you finish strong in, in, in that act, you know, Mark 11, 23 and 24, a really famous section of scripture that, uh, that Jesus was saying, he says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all the things that which you pray for and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. And so this scripture's probably one of the, one of the most famous faith scriptures that, that I can remember. And and this one really is very, very important. You cannot you cannot read it too many times. And it, it's basically saying is that you have to believe that when you step out in faith and you're trying to be obedient in your giving and, and, and in your relationship with money and wealth, that, that God's going to honor that. It, do not believe the idea that 
your gift or your act goes into this black hole and doesn't amount to anything. It does not go into a black hole. God accounts for every single thing. Yeah. And he sees your heart and he will reward you. And you can say that God, I thank you that as I'm giving, you're going to give back to me and you're going to make sure that my needs get met and you're going to give me other opportunities to give God. I thank you that I'm going to live a lifestyle of giving and I'm not going to be somebody who's going to hoard up for themselves, but that I'm going to be a conduit for your blessings to others. Well, this has been a really great episode. I hope it's been encouraging to you. Money is one of those crazy things in life. Yep. And uh, it's very polarizing. We hope that this has kind of helped balance you out a little bit, giving you some something to think about, something to uh, consider, hopefully step out in faith on. And uh, I, I just want to encourage you to share it with somebody around you who has some challenges in their finances uh, because it will change them. It will change their perspective and give them something more to think about than just the, the challenges that they have. Um, we also encourage you to rate our podcast. If you could just go to your perspective podcast store, whether you're on Apple or Android and uh, or, or Google, and if you could rate the podcast, write us a review. We, that would really help us because of the algorithms getting and exposing us to more people. Uh, you could share it on social media. Reach out to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And we would love to interact with you out there. Uh, we also have a great website, gods-best.com, where we've got tons of stuff for, for you to look at. We've Even got, freebies. Yeah, we got lots of freebies that we give out. And we've got uh, so a great blog. And, and we, we, we put all the rest of our podcasts out there. And then uh, we also have a store where you can... Uh, buy books that we've written. We've got some really great books that we think you really get a lot of it. Some clothing too. Yeah, that's yep. really cute. We've got a Teespring store, so you can be looking at what some of the other things we're doing. But you know, we, we just want to encourage you. You know, we want to encourage you that you can have God's best for your life, and we're just here to help you. <laughs>